RoboBrit here, and you're listening to Over a Pipe and a Pint with Mike Asbel and Terry Prince. <laughs> Alright, hey, how's it going? This is uh, Psycho TJ and that's uh, Dubitously Dashing Mike. <laughs> Welcome, <Dubitously>. to another... <laughs> Welcome to another show of uh, Over a Pipe and a Pint. Sorry, I'm a little too. late. I'm getting my pipe in and my uh, pint, re- pint ready. So today we're going to be talking about uh, ghost ships there. <laughs> <laughs> Should just cue the X-Files theme. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Today, um, uh, today you're gonna be drinking what's um called the Firestone Walker Brewing Company, Undercurrents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how? You know, you know when I um, when I picked this one, I didn't think of the uh the kind of irony of it. Undercurrents. So it's, it's spelled currents. C U R R A N T S. And if we're talking about ships that have sunk. I don't know, ghostly operation, they'd be undercurrents. I think I think it's just... Anyways. It's, it's perfect. It's also in uh, accordance to the, uh, you know, current nah, um, <laughs> state of some people in this country. Uh, it may be undercurrents. <laughs> this one's actually held together with a cork. Yeah, it looks nice. Check it out. I, yeah. don't know, I know no one can see it, but if you ever get a chance to see our video archives, that'd be cool. <laughs> It's interesting because hold on, because hold on, hold on, hold on. oh yeah, <laughs> hold on. I'm struggling with mine. Tastes good. Just, Ooh, that. smells good too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that sounds sweet. Mm. It smells real nice. All right, it does. All right, so for the poor, <laughs> you're pouring Ooh. it into the stack. Look at the oh. color. It looks all red. It is. Like blood. Like blood. All right. <laughs> you know, before we start, I, I usually, uh, I should probably play a video of that, that segment from uh, Django Unchained. Where, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, he's, yeah, yep. he's just like filling up the, and then wipes it. Oh, uh, the, God, this is so foamy. Do you see that? Yeah. Foam? And I was pouring it, as you could see, like real steady like. I'm going to let this. Uh, it, oh, my God. <laughs> Literally, I, I know none of you can see this, but uh, so is the standard Stein, if you will. Um, it basically has like about two inches of beer in the bottom and the rest is just foam. We got to get a um, <laughs> like a screenshot of this and then just oh, yeah. post it here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let me do a, the uh, taste test, okay? Oh yeah. So I'm show you ready. Mm. Oh. And how? Mm. Wow. That's interesting. Very. It's it's kind of it, it's kind of like a, a beer wine. It is very much so like a. Like it's. A, then it tastes like wine to you. It does. Oh, oh let's see. Uh, what is currants? It says a wild ale fermented with black currants. What the fuck? Is <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta do some research. Currants. 
croissants. Uh, well, it's a grape. It's a grape? It is a grape. So, so yeah, the winey taste, because it's uh, fermented with... Dude, I gotta recommend this to some people. It's like, oh, you don't like beer? You only like drinking wine? Well, <laughs> if I got a beer for you. No kidding. This is quite tasty. Yeah. And um, Very nice. So, Aged I... in French oak barrels. Whoa. Hey, I don't know what... But... So this is interesting. You can see it on the bottle here. Um, but for our listeners, on the bottle, it gives you the batch number that it was made, gives you the date that it was bottled, and the number of cases. So mine was actually batch number 001. This was the first batch that was made of this stuff. Mine is number 002. <laughs> <laughs> so mine was aged just after yours. Yeah. Um, what's the bottle date on yours? Mine says uh, Feb like late February, February twenty eighth. Mine's February twenty eighth too. 28th. So ours were bottled. Okay, so at the they same were probably time. same day. Yeah. Same day, different, different barrels. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. This is very fan. Well, I mean, um, just uh, so people high. know, this, uh, this was uh, a lot. But it's a single bottle, and uh, it was about like what thirteen bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's 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 definitely it's a finer beer. If you want to be fancy, but um, don't want to spend like a hundred dollars on a bottle of wine, get some fancy beer that tastes like wine. <laughs> and it's really foamy. Mm. I didn't pour it out. I'm drinking it straight from the bottle. My problem was is uh, that my problem was that I didn't uh, properly chill it. <laughs> oh, you haven't had yours chilled. No, not completely oh. chilled as best as it should have been. See, see, mine, mine's chilled. I've had it uh, on ice uh, for a while. So course, yours you, would probably you, pour. You just purchased it. Yeah, my, my purchase was literally about mm, 15 minutes ago. Uh, well, that is good. I got to have some people try this one. Mm, you might need to get another one. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pause the show. We need to go for a booze cruise. <laughs> Ooh, well, you are going to be going on one of those very soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to explain that joke because that's good radio. <laughs> it could be for uh, a good uh, just... you know, sequel to uh, Your Ghost Ship. <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty soon. Uh, my sister's birthday is in October, which is the same as Mikey's. Different day, but also in October. And very uh, she's close. having a... Uh, 30, her 30th birthday on a cruise ship. Or not a cruise ship, a, a yacht. But, you know, we're taking all the yacht out. So um, so I will, I will enjoy this on the uh, milky waters of the Los Angeles Bay. <laughs> milky is very right. <laughs> I've seen, I seen pictures of... So I was looking for new wallpapers, and I was seeing a bunch of pictures of, like, California. I was like, that doesn't look like a California beach. That's so totally totally photoshop i mean if you go to like big sur you can see some nice nice places like that or yeah. maybe if you're closer to like baja california but if you're just like at a beach minor jag for a second here so <laughs> <laughs> i um as as mike already knows i went on a date um here in santa monica and i uh i went to this nice restaurant everything was going great i, I was like all right so I'm gonna right after the uh, the date um, go walk on the nice, nice moonlit <laughs> beach, and it's just 
Uh, so I, um, <coughs> I'm used to some of the southern beaches like Hermosa or Manhattan, and it was like, it was it was littered with hobos. They had just <laughs> like there was, it was just like, and it was funny because I could tell like as we were walking, I was just like saying, I was like, this is a. A little, a little uncomfortable <laughs> like drug deals going on there was there was a hooker a hooker that walked right by us and like scantily clad clothes and i thought i thought she was gonna say something like you know like oh, five bucks. you guys want to <laughs> make this twosome a threesome <laughs> <laughs> yes your reward <laughs> uh, oh my gosh you know, there's a special place in hell reserved for you. <laughs> there's always been like, a special place in hell reserved for me, me. Excuse me, Mikey. Um, yes, so we got your, we got your records uh, right here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. You uh, helped. Oh, you went to Skid Row um, and uh, helped out some people. Uh, fed the homeless. Very nice. Uh, what's, what's this? Here. All it says is here's your reward well you know what sir One thousand four hundred and twenty two goddamn times is this the kind of uh, is this how you treat your friends i'm sorry yes. sir, but we cannot permit you into the realm of heaven you will be going to hell but my good daughter, i said good day to you sir <laughs> what's your favorite color blue no green <laughs> someone who would go to heaven would say blue <laughs> But I say black. <laughs> black. All right. So today we're going to talk about the ghost ships. And how? I'll say it's kind of approaching Halloween. And we did one about, uh, we talked about urban legends. Which was very cool. Yeah. I actually, I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. The uh, the urban legends? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a... I mean, urban legends, I mean, everybody knows them, of course. But there's something to specifically ghost ships i mean real ones um of course you know lore but even in like just television and video games and you know movies i mean we all remember that shitty movie back in the early 2000s ghost ship <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe we don't yeah know. whenever okay whenever you try all right to... so my mom just to give a little bit of background loves those campy cheesy as fuck like B movies that you see on the sci-fi mm -hmm. channel for like horror films. Um, yeah. And that's basically how I uh, recall that movie. <laughs> have you, have you seen that movie? Parts of it? Yes. Oh. I, I, I don't think I will actually sit down and watch the full thing. Um, just because I was like, <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> I felt so terrible. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Hey, so now. <laughs> why, why don't we dive in? So I got a couple here. Actually, what? Just dive right in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to do that. But, yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, there's a couple here, actually, that kind of... Um, I guess you could call it urban legends. There's a couple of uh, yeah. stuff from, like, uh, War of 1812. And uh, uh, there's also one from around the Civil War. Well, actually, no, it was prior to the Civil War. But kind of that area. Uh, I figured we'd start off traditional and talk about the Flying Dutchman because that's like probably the most famous ghost ship in existence <laughs> do you not fear death do you not fear death i'll take my chances to the depths to the depths toss him overboard <laughs> boom, i never liked boom, that one he was boom. looking at me funny boom boom <laughs> boom 
bum 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 <laughs> I just kind of imagine that when he's when he's doing that spiel, there's a like a little undead orchestra on his mm. ship. Just <laughs> it's funny because I always imagine Jack Sparrow walking around with like a drunken orchestra. <laughs> yeah, actually, the song was supposed to be in a different key, but everyone's loaded, so <laughs> it, it went from C sharp to D minor. <laughs> I gotta say though, because you can see that in the light, it's pretty thick. <laughs> it's quite thick. It's <laughs> so super squishy. Thick. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. It's all sort of super squishy. No one uh, has ever done such a thing before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna. So for the Flying Dutchman, uh, it, it originated around the 17th century. First known accounts around. Uh, like the actual like written mm-hmm. accounts are from like the 18th 18th century but all of the traditional sightings are likely 1600s um so it likely started uh during the heyday of the dutch east india company um it is the quintessential ghost ship um fucking dutch so basically the the ship is described as a frigate um uh, which is you know has a ghostly glow that can be seen off in the distance um, by sa- sailors during sea storms. Um, and the first reference to it was in 1790, in which a guy named John McDonald describes the origin of the Dutchman. Um, by his account, the ship came into the uh, Cape Colony, which was in southern Africa. That was a common port used by the Dusty Jindia Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and un- according to his origin story, it was a real ship that was part of the Dust. Uh, dutch east india company and it came under uh distress trying to get into port because there was uh, some pretty bad weather since it couldn't come into port uh, the ship is doomed to sail forever um in the seas and bad weather so that's why it appears likely uh in bad weather the name likely comes from the type of ship because it was a man of war um and so the uh be the dutch man of war because it was a dutch ship eventually just gets shortened to Dutchman. Um, and it's flying because it's a ghost ship now. Uh, so a lot of uh, sailors, according to the period, were basically considered it an omen of doom because it would only appear during storms. So that's supposedly the uh, the origin of it. There was an 18th century sighting where George Barrington, um, another author, describes an early story of the Dutchman's uh, sighting that spread like according to him like wildfire in the cape of good hope because there was a, like crew that was out late at night at sea and they heard the sounds of a ship coming towards them like you know so they were they're in their ship it's the dead of night they're just sitting out at sea and they hear the ship coming towards them you know mm-hmm. just the waves kind of crashing <clears throat> in front of the in front of the bow um they could only uh they couldn't really see anything in all around them could only make out about half a league nautical term <laughs> in uh, nautical either term. direction <laughs> and as the sounds got louder of like a ship coming through the water uh all of a sudden they could see once it came into the line of sight a decrepit ship uh with sails fully drawn and the bow aimed right at their ship like it was going to ram them um and so with one flinch when they just like looked away and like hit the deck basically the vessel dissolved into a, a thick dark cloud and disappeared and that's supposedly the first sighting of of the dutchman um 
And so there's a little bit more about a story that came after about the uh, the origin of it, saying it was captained by a man named Vander Denken, or Decken. <laughs> Sorry, Van Vander Decken. And uh, supposedly he kind of made a, a deal gamble with the, with the devil. <clears throat> well, he was trying to get into Bort, and apparently a voice said to him that he he won't be able to get into the bay that night because it was you know very stormy mm-hmm. and uh the captain said may i be eternally damned if i do <laughs> though i should not be able to beat this storm till judgment day and so then it was just like okay since you didn't beat it mm-hmm. now you're damned <laughs> well i'll be damned actually yes <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, int- that's so the story what 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 again was the date of the the first sighting um, it's not like an official date. Mm-hmm. The first printed reference was 1790, sometime that year. And so how many, does it say exactly how many people were witnessing the first occurrence? I think the first occurrence was a couple dozen. So that's, I mean. That's a good amount of people. It is a good amount of people. So <coughs> interesting that. Over a pipe <coughs> and a point. <laughs> Brought to you by Cuffs. <coughs> Um, I scared him some Benadryl. No. <laughs> 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 um, so, but thinking about it, like, that is quite a few people. I mean, a couple dozen. So you're thinking anywhere from mid-20s to 30s of the amount of people that had witnessed this. So, of course, if everyone's, you know, account is lining up, you know, everything kind of seems out to be the same. I guess that kind of raises the question is, do you feel like, and I guess we'll ask this question again towards the end after <laughs> all the evidence, but do you feel like ghost ships are a actual part of reality or is it due to, <clears throat> you feel like a higher level of say stress or ex- exhaustion while being out on the seas and such, while in a rough, you know, maybe like patch of fog or something like that, or something that was going through the water, like, you know, maybe a giant whale or something like that could cause similar types of sounds. Is it just that if someone starts saying, that looked like a ghost ship, yeah, you know, that looked like a ghost ship too, and it just kind of starts spreading the imagination of what could be there and then everyone's just saying Mm -hmm. oh yeah no no that makes perfect sense or (laughs) is this something that you feel very much could be a part of reality and that there Um, is a either extra you know not even terrestrial but extra supernatural type entities that are going through or even passing through parts of the world or is it just you know they had some uh Wicked, wicked beer. <laughs> well, Mike, I'm a man of science. <laughs> and I say that uh, I, so there's, there's two, there's really kind of two questions um, that I can unpack there. One is, is that this is a quintessential ghost ship mm-hmm. in the like folklore apparition type term. But some of these ships that I've listed on here are uh ghost ships in the term of ships that have been found with no living crew aboard, which does happen. Yes. Those, so those, those are very real and a common phenomenon. The term ghost mm-hmm. ship just, you know, 
So there's there's two kind of different definitions of ghost ships. The physical that we're kind of going and, yeah. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is an apparition kind of kind of dealio. There's also an explanation for ghost ships being um, mirages because ships that are very far out mm-hmm. can be reflected above right. them and they can be seen. And, and sometimes they can be just beyond the horizon where you only see uh, the image, of the, the mirage of right. the actual ship that's and if just beyond the horizon. You're seeing... So that, that is a very... Well, right. But if, if you're seeing that distorted image of a ship, I mean, it could look like a decrepit type ship. It could look like something that could be ghostly, if you will. That makes perfect sense, you know? Yeah. So interesting, though. So does it mention anything else about uh, the first occurrence? Hmm. Um, That particular sighting that I mentioned? Yeah, like, you know, was it just when the people got back into port, they all were like, you can't believe what we're about to tell you. (laughs) Like... (laughs) At the time, what do they do with people like that? They're like, well, the whole boat can't be crazy, so we're not going to lock Ollie up. We're just going to say you're crazy on the streets. Like, I, I, you know, like, I, I guess, how does that? So that, that there's more to uh, uh, that story. That was actually a, so the, the story that, that first kind of origin mm-hmm. um, was written by George Barrington and appeared in chapter six of his book called A Voyage to Botany Bay, which was published in 1795. Hey, 1795. Um, a so Voyage to get... Botany Bay. There she was. <laughs> so... The sound of the ship going through the water. We could hear it old becoming forth, forth <laughs> it does, until eventually, once it came through the thick fog, we saw her. And as we braced for the impact of that ghostly ship to the side of her hull, we looked back, see but nothing but a dark cloud of death. <laughs> you know, you sound you sound like someone's retailing this uh this story, in like a in like a tavern. In you know Botany Bay, in <clears throat> Botany Bay, <laughs> and then it's just like you're like the captain who's in like the corner, <laughs> and it's just hey. like uh, I don't know a ghost ship that seems pretty implausible, and then just like hey, she's real. <laughs> Seen her with me own two eyes. <laughs> Seen her with me own eye. <laughs> <laughs> my own eye. <laughs> just ah, uh, yes. If it weren't for the Dutchman, I would still have me right leg. And then just puts his peg leg up on the counter. And he Boom. drinks from it. <laughs> he starts, yeah, he pops he, it off. Like he starts a, drinking from the boot. You know, like those like giant like Oktoberfest boot glasses or steins. Yeah. But I do save money on a booze. <laughs> and my booze. The booty booze. <laughs> it's the booty booze. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, anyone who's listening, uh, patent penning, patent penning, patent penning. Patent penning. <laughs> <laughs> the booze boot the booty booze and it's booze in the shape of a boot but it's like a wooden kind of like oak barrel type looking thing and it would be like aged ales or actual like <laughs> bourbon or something bourbon the booty bourbon boot. the booty bourbon booty booze <laughs> yeah um but yeah, there, there's definitely a lot more on this subject that you could obviously dive into sure is uh, well I guess at, since we've kind of covered the the first uh appearance of the phantom menace there um what would be kind of moving forward into uh kind of down the line of i guess more so with the flying dutchman or is it just 
other sightings were kind of correlated with the Dutchman. Like, because since that was like the, the first encounter, did it ever progress any further? Like, did people have similar type sightings or was it just exactly other? But it was, yeah, it was one of those things where they came to port and the Southern horn of uh, Africa, which was being operated by the Dutch basically for trade routes. Um, and then there, when they told that story, eventually, like, oh, <laughs> you know and then it was just like they would go out and then they would see freaky shit in the dead of night out at sea and then they would come back i saw her the dutchman <coughs> and she came out of those the sea and started floating above our ship and shooting it with laser beams shooting. it was <laughs> you know i mean like people kind of sounds like something out of the book of revelations <laughs> they have a bunch of crazy stories after now they've heard the the tale basically mm-hmm. so of course there'd be sightings but that happens with anything it's like the chupacabra for example well, yeah know, first person reports it and then all of a sudden there's sightings people sees the it everywhere or, yeah or a sasquatch or the yeti you know what i mean there's so many good things to talk about i actually so i want to um so here's a case of a real ship um, mm-hmm. a real ship um that was uh, found. This is much later. This is in 1872. So this is a, a real encounter, and there's a couple of theories as to what explains it, and I kind of want to get your opinion on this one since yeah. this is a little more modern. <clears throat> there's a little more clues. Okay. So this one's called the Mary Celeste, and this is a, a very popular, well-known ghost ship. So uh, this is a ship, a very real ship, that was found on December 5th, 1872 adrift in the atlantic uh, ocean which is was near the azores island which mm-hmm. is near portugal so uh december 5th there was the helmsman of the de gracia which i hope i'm pronouncing that right uh they basically noticed a vessel that was just floating six miles in the distance uh in front of them and it was heading steadily towards their ship mm-hmm. um so the uh, helmsman notified the captain sir david morehouse he wasn't a sir, but fuck it. I'm telling the story. <laughs> so Captain uh, Morehouse noticed that she was making erratic movements and her sails were kind of set funny and figured something was wrong. Uh, so as they got close to the ship, they couldn't see any crew aboard. And so Captain Morehouse sent his first and second mates, Oliver uh, DeVoe and John Wright, to board the ship. Mm-hmm. Once they boarded the ship, they found the following clues. The cargo, which was alcohol because it was a merchant ship, were still in- was still intact. The sails of the ship were badly damaged. The main hatch was closed, although the storage hatches were open. The ship's daily log, uh, which was found in the mate's cabin, uh, was last dated nine days earlier at a location that was 460 miles southwest of where the ship was found. Mm-hmm. Um, the ship's single lifeboat was missing, and there was about 3.5 feet of water in the ship's hold, which was apparently normal for this ship. Um, and a makeshift sounding rod, which is used to basically measure how much water the ship has been uh, has taken on, mm-hmm. um, was found on the deck. Um, so uh, DeVoe also saw that the cabin interiors were wet and untidy from water that had entered through the doorways and the skylights, um, but were otherwise in reasonable order. In Briggs' cabin, uh, DeVoe found personal items scattered about, including a sheath sword under the bed, um, but most of the ship's papers were missing, together with the captain's navigational instruments. Uh, galley equipment was neatly stowed away. There was no food prepared or under preparation, uh, but there was ample provisions in the stores. Uh, 
There was no obvious signs of fire or violence. The evidence indicated an orderly departure from the ship by means of the missing lifeboat. From here, they basically brought the ship into Gibraltar where they, uh, they got uh, some sort of insurance money for it by returning the ship. Um, they also found a pump that was disassembled on the deck, which was required to get the water out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Mary Celeste was heavily overinsured once they brought it into port. They realized that it was insured beyond its value, so they got a good amount of money for it. Wow. There's a couple of yeah. So there's a, here's a couple of theories, uh, common theories as to what happened. The first is pump congestion. They thought that possibly they tried to fix the pump, which is why they found it um, on on deck, uh, but they were unable and to. In, and, and in, in pieces, theory, right? Because you said it was in pieces. Yeah, yeah, right. it, yeah. It was disassembled. Um, in this theory, the idea is that they tried sailing to Santa Maria, mistaking uh, where they actually were, and they thought that they could just go and maybe go to a nearby island and see if they could buy some stuff to repair it and then something happened to them in the lifeboat because they weren't actually where they thought they were Mm. Uh, another is foul play one of the theories is that the crew of the degratia killed the crew of the mary celeste (laughs) because they knew that the ship was heavily overinsured and then they brought it into port and then they just oh when we found her there was nobody on it (laughs) um and then they uh, they got the money there's some problems with this theory in that the De Gracia left New York eight days after the Mary Celeste, and there's no way that it would have been able to catch up to her given the two sh- ships. Um, the Mary Celeste was a much faster ship. And so then some people thought maybe it was the, uh, the captain of the Mary Celeste was actually in cahoots with the cap, uh, Sir Morehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so maybe they were working together. Uh, and the last one was bad weather. Given that the sounding rod and disassembled pump were found on the deck, some people suspect that, you know, there was like a severe water spout, which caused the water to get onto the Mary Celeste, and maybe that they thought that they had to get in the lifeboat because it was going to be destroyed. The actual ship was taking on water and was going to be basically destroyed in the storm. Um, because else why would they abandon the ship if it had plenty of provisions and was not well right and that's the other thing if they left and had to abandon the ship there's no reason that they would leave Mm -hmm. i mean unless it was just far too heavy or it was in such an extreme hurry but the fact that evidence of what was on the ship didn't point to that like you even said it looked like it was a very orderly exit so Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of the sails were in disarray and there was water damage from like water that had come in through, mm-hmm. um, but that's through it, the cabin. Though, right? The, yeah. So yeah. So those are the three common theories. Now, what do you think happened to the crew of the uh, Mary Celeste? Now nothing was taken out of the cargo. The cargo was completely yeah. intact. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to believe that there wasn't really any foul play, at least from the crew that was on there, unless they were in cahoots in some way and they just mm-hmm. left with the, well, I guess here's the, here's the question. Yeah. Nobody had no bodies were ever found of any of the crew or the captain. Correct. Nope. The life, the lifeboat wasn't found either. The lifeboat wasn't found. So there's missing. there's no record of these people ever coming back. Mm-mm. Granted, they, they probably they either come to cannibalism out at sea and <laughs> the last survivor died. Well, I guess I'm trying to figure out if this was something that was a plot. You know, like they 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 planned this out. 
if they ever were seen anywhere else, you know, either in some civilized world or, you know, anywhere where they could be like, hey, weren't you those guys? I mean, of course, back then, recognizing someone from a story or something like that, unless someone, you know, squealed something would be almost impossible. Yeah. You know, the thing that makes the most sense to me is that they were going under just incredibly heavy storms. Uh, they couldn't fix the pump thing. And so they probably figured that they knew where they were so they could hop on the lifeboat and then just leave and then make it to the island or wherever they were trying to go in time, thus not needing to touch the provisions, thinking that their ship, where its due course was, was going to go under with the storm anyway. Mm-hmm. You want to know my theory? What's your theory? Well, I have two theories. There's one that's the most plausible and one that's outrageous. I want to hear the most plausible and save the outrageous for last. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Okay. So the most plausible, I think, is kind of in cahoots with what you said, where given that there was water damage, there was damage to the sails, there was water that had basically come in through like the skylight and the, the doorway. And there was water in the hole, even if it was normal levels. If they were in the middle of a storm and they were trying to measure it with a makeshift sounding rod and they had the pump disassembled, chances are they were in a storm. They thought they were in over their heads and that the ship was going to be um, destroyed. Or destroyed. And so they decided to get in the lifeboat. Maybe they thought they were in an area that... Um, close enough. That they're close yeah. enough to somewhere where they could go and seek help. And then it just never once happened. they were in the lifeboat, they, it was, they, were, they were just at the mercy of the sea. That, to me, is the most plausible. And that's that explanation. Now, the outrageous explanation is that I think that they were actually... I'm so ready for um, this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't disappoint. No pressure. They were actually privateers. And, um, or you know pirates actually yeah and the the alcohol that was in their cargo hold was actually not theirs so they go into port one day and then there's a big alcohol festival at one of the ports um (laughs) let's just say over in like yartober yes (laughs) and so there's one guy who is a seasoned veteran of uh of uh let's see what 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 uh what year was this this was 1872 there was a a seasoned veteran of uh you know let's just say the war of 1812 he was very old very rugged but you know the the late fight against the british tried to escape his past you know all the horrors that he saw he decided go down to the islands fresh fresh start new life in uh in some of the uh good old ports of uh africa and he's just enjoying himself at a very nice um alcohol enthusiast event and so he's admiring this very nice barrel, this barrel that's it's aged, you know, 40 years. It's very nice. You can't wait to taste it. Life's good. He's he's got the nightmares that keep him up at night, but, but it's he's all got... worth it for when he can he can just blend into normal society. No one knows the past of the deeds that he's done, the people he's killed, the lives he's taken in the name of some lost cause. It all goes away with this just nice alcohol. And meanwhile, the pirates show up, right? 
and they got all their you know their muskets just like all locked and loaded and they're gonna steal all this alcohol so he you know he keeps his head down but they're just shooting people left and right he thinks it's none of his business and he doesn't want people to know his 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 uh his very dark and and muddied past so he just <laughs> that's gonna be a great gift by the way <laughs> <laughs> Mike's just letting smoke come out of his mouth. <laughs> it's almost perfect. Um, but anyway, so he he doesn't want people to know his like so he doesn't intervene, right? But then a stray bullet hits that forty year old barrel, and all of the, the wa- all of the really nice re- nice beers just falling out and getting in the soil. And he keeps, he's trying to get like maybe a little bit, just a little taste, but he can't. Too many holes, just loses all of it. So that's when he decides to stow away in one of the barrels. He's had enough. He <laughs> takes his trusty knife, knife that has slit a thousand throats, and he hops in one of the barrels and clicks it shut, and he gets aboard the Mary Celeste. And when they're out at sea and he thinks that they've come to a nice, comfortable stop, that's when he emerges, and vengeance is his. Kills the entire crew. Kills everybody. Rearranges a couple of things to make it look like they just succumbed to something in a storm. And then he takes the only lifeboat. And heads back to port. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, perfectly Capital. plausible, right? Honestly, so I think it's I, one I of the like, two. It's a fifty-fifty chance. I feel like that was probably <laughs> you in a past life. Like you, you, you were like, yeah, my, 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 uh. Brigadier comrade, general, war veteran buddy who was lost his testicles and eyes and head, <laughs> and the in the war he gave me this barrel and you killed him. I'll kill all of you. And then you did it. You went back and then someone's like, "Hey, by the way, you know that barrel you had? But well, we actually have a whole <laughs> Captain Pinky. Oh, by the way, you remember that barrel that you had? Oh, well, we have a whole." house full of it in the back. would you like one i'll give you two half price that's one for free <laughs> point yes pinky oh, then we have a shot and we're like it's a wonderful time gotta have a All little right. bit of an accent there so are you uh, so this are you ready for a um a more of a haunting story that has uh, so I have I have two more two two ghost ships, uh, both of which are haunting. Okay, one now, of which is a little more haunting, but unsubstantiated. Okay. So so it, now it, I want to um, ask: Does any one that. of them physically harm anybody? What do you mean? So like, do people die? Yeah. There's death, death macabre. macabre. Actually, both of them have a lot of death. Any death from, like, anyone who's experiencing the ghost ship, like, after the fact that it's become a ghost ship. Like, they die because of the ghost ship. Well, if they die, how would we know? Well, there's a death, but it's it's witnessed. Like, someone witnesses. I saw him. I, ship I saw the ghost ship. Pick up my friend and suck a lucka down. His head just exploded. Exploded. <laughs> I tried to save him with my mind powers, but <laughs> but then it ripped my testicles clean off my body. <laughs> hey, didn't he have a life insurance policy out on him? Not and for weren't, testicles. Weren't you the benefactor? 
<laughs> so which one which one do you want to hear? So um, I'll I'll get I'll, I'll give the names I'll give Ooh. the names to you and then even, you can choose. Even better. And even that, better. I love okay. it. Okay. So the one that is was a real ship and was confirmed is uh, the SS Valencia. And this takes place Oh, it left from San Francisco, and it takes place Ooh. near Vancouver I- Island, and this was in 1906. Oh. Okay. The other one, the one that's unsubstantiated and is quite haunting, is the SS Orang Medan. And Orang this was Madon. a Dutch, yeah, a Dutch-Indonesian, or it was it reported in a Dutch-Indonesian newspaper in February of 1948 um, in the Ooh, Straits of Malacca. Uh, so between Malaysia and Singapore is where it was encountered. So I will let you pick. You know, we've already done a Dutch one. <laughs> Let's do. Well, the I don't other. know. It was a, a Dutch one. The first one. Oh, so the the SS Valencia. No, no, no. I'm you saying. I know. Uh, I'm saying the first story that we did was um, yeah, already, well, already the Dutchman. Right. So I kind of want to hear the one just also because... Uh, so, so you're in San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, I might as well. Oh, yeah. Just peeled the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I it, heard it. Yeah, it was the the uh, label <laughs> off of the, the bottle. came off quite nicely. Really? Yeah. Well, it started to come off nicely. <laughs> don't try it. I don't know if I All want right, to, so just because it's SS, the first batch. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah, yours is the first batch. I don't think I... I have to go buy another one. <laughs> See if you can find a first batch one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there there might have been some there, but I don't know. Yeah. All right, so SS Valencia? Yeah. All right. So this is a confirmed ship that was wrecked in January of 1906. It had about 170 people aboard, um, 108 of which were passengers, the rest were crew. Um... It uh, this ship left San Francisco on January twentieth, nineteen oh six. Sometime early the next morning, the weather took a turn for the worse, and the crew could not make out any of the celestial observations. Mm-hmm. So they had no idea where they were going, and the only way that they could determine their location was from uh, to rely on dead reckoning. Have you heard of dead reckoning? No. It's basically where you calculate your position based on your last known position oh, okay. and the direction and how fast you're going so you kind of like estimate like oh yeah. we've been going in this direction for you know for this long at this speed yeah we are yeah. most likely here yeah yeah so on january 22nd two days later they struck a reef near vancouver island um as they reversed they noticed that the hole was really badly damaged and the ship was taking on water so the captain decided to run her aground um and basically deploy the lifeboats from there and get onto Vancouver Island. Um, the problem was, is people were panicking like no tomorrow, and the lifeboats were improperly deployed <laughs> against the captain's orders. Three flipped while they were being lowered. <laughs> so people were like jumping in it, and then it's just like being lowered, and it flipped, and people were just being wep- washed away by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, poor bastards. Um, two made it down, but after they kind of floated away, it was like, hey, we're alive. And then they got capsized by waves. <laughs> and one made it down, but disappeared. And the people who were on it were never heard from again. So no one knows really what. Well, actually, uh, they might know what happened to them. I'll get to that in a second. So this is an eyewitness account from a man named Frank Len, who was aboard the Valencia. 
Screams of women and children mingled in an awful chorus with the shrieking of the wind, the dash of rain, and the roar of the breakers. People spoke just much better back then. It's just like the vocabulary was, was much better. As the passengers rushed on deck, they were carried away in bunches by huge waves that seemed as high as the ship's mastheads. The ship began to break up almost as w at once, and the women and children were lashed to the, ringing, uh, the rigging above the reach of the sea. It was a pitiful sight to see the frail women wearing only nightdresses with bare feet on the freezing ratlines, trying to shield children in their arms from the icy wind and rain. So, uh, yeah, a very dire situation. Yeah, no kidding. So some, <laughs> so some of the crew made it ashore, three of which were washed away by the sea uh, uh, immediately on the lifeboat pulling up. <laughs> so they hopped out and the waves were picking up. That was just, just smacked the waves into the rocks and pulled out to sea. Um... And the remaining nine made it up to the cliffs and found a lineman's cabin, and they basically summoned him for help. Uh, another uh, lifeboat reached Cape Beale, and they made their way hiking up to the lighthouse <coughs> that was there. So this is where things get a little freaky. So the ship, there were pe there's a ton of people still on the ship that didn't make it into any of the lifeboats, and it's just ran aground, and waves from the storm are just mm -hmm. smacking into this thing and washing people up. So... Many of the passengers were still clinging to the hull of the wrecked Valencia and hope, basically in hopes that someone, the people that left, would seek some help and they would come and help them. Um, a couple of ships tried to reach the Valencia from where it was, but the, the storm was just too bad. Um, one party tried to approach the wreck from the cliffs, so the coming from the land side, um, but they couldn't get down to it. And they were just basically greeted with a harrowing sight. They basically saw dozens of passengers still clinging to the hull, gasping for air. And eventually the ship started to break apart. And when that happened, large waves could now wash over the deck. And so those that were on the cliffs couldn't really help. And they just basically watched the remaining, you know, 60, 70 people drown screaming. Wow. So 27 years after the disaster, one of the lifeboats was found near Barclay Sound, and this boat is actually found in the Maritime Museum of British Columbia. So you can see one of the lifeboats that was found nearly 30 years later. Um, a lifeboat from the Valencia <clears throat> was reportedly seen in a cave near Pachenta uh, Bay um, with eight skeletons in it. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, since then, local fishermen up in you know British Columbia have basically seen reports of seeing lifeboats manned by um, skeletons in the dead of night rowing. And trade ships have reported seeing the Valencia as a phantom ship uh, near Pachena Point. Um, there was actually an article in the 1910 uh, Seattle Times in which some sailors reported seeing a phantom ship of the Valencia in an area near where it wrecked with waves washing over and sweeping ghosts out to sea. <laughs> so this one is uh, a real, there's actually photos since it was 1906. You can actually see photographs of some of the survivors and stuff. Did, a, did anyone get photographs of the wreck? Like while it was happening? I don't think so. Oh, what a shame. I want to see the people, <laughs> the <What>? people died. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It's I tragic, but it's not like it's. I'm watching a video, you know. Like yeah. if you see, you 19... you'll just see like them like on the side, like. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> remember, 
This is also 1906, so I think at the time the cameras that they had really needed a right. little while to like you had to be holding still. And uh, it sounds like this was in the dead of night. I I don't know exactly what time it was. Yeah, the camera wouldn't pick but it up. It anyway. would have been it would have been real hard to pick anything up. <laughs> Quick, go get the local camera boy and have him set up shop. We'll try to light as many candles as we can and funnel our light to this one area. We'll tell the people to stop moving for as long as they can. <laughs> Don't mind me just putting a couple candles here on the deck. I know uh, you guys are drowning and I could possibly save you, but we're trying to document this historic event. Can you all stop moving? Screaming can still happen without moving. <laughs> 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 Think of the children. <laughs> they can still <laughs> scream. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, there's a the child. Get a shot of him for dramatic effect. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's that one's that's that's. So, wait, this was a like a cargo ship. Um, no, I don't think so. I think it was a. Uh, it was a like a passenger. Pass- ship. It was a bad pa- because I was gonna say like. I mean, everything else kind of seemed like it was cargo ships, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was an ocean liner. Ooh, ooh. It's like a cruise ship kind of like thing. Yeah, Just killed a, killed over a hundred people wow. in its wreck. Wow! Not just the men, but the women <laughs> and the children. <laughs> yeah, they were slaughtered, slaughtered like animals because they were animals. So, <laughs> so where it sunk um is near it still Vancouver there island um i don't know I'm pro- uh, there's probably parts of it that are still there but i don't know if they salvaged it but the area where it sunk is a place called the graveyard of the pacific because it's a notoriously dangerous area um to navigate as a, a ship and there's also a lot of storms that happen in the area mm-hmm. um the unpredictable weather and that the characteristics of the coast how it's kind of difficult to navigate and not run aground or anything or hit something has caused more than two thousand shipwrecks in the area just looking at some of the pictures jesus you don't say <laughs> it just looks quite gloomy but yeah, so that one's the SS Valencia, which is a pretty, pretty famous. Uh, this place is lovely. Do you live here? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was lovely. So now you do want to hear the SS Orang Madan. I would love to actually love to because now knowing as as um, you know dark and you know gruesome as the last one was, knowing that this one is going to be yet even more, I'm quite excited. Yeah, but this one's not substantiated. I don't care. It's going to be great. <laughs> Neither is the Chupacabra, but hey, everyone believed that to be true. <laughs> All right. So the SS Orang Madan was uh, basically, I don't know exactly when it was found. The, the story was printed in a newspaper in February of 1948, so likely um, around that time. So according to the So wait, this is, this is the most recent one out of all of them, correct? Uh, let's see, 1948, the Valencia was 1906, Flying Dutchman was obviously 17. Yeah, 
uh, century really old. So yeah, Mary n- Celeste was 1872. Yes, yeah, so this, wow. this is the most recent one. Yeah. So, so this was my grandmother was alive during this time. Yeah, if she was in the Dutch East Indies, you know, <laughs> she would have read about it. Yeah, you know, coffee in Malaysia. It's like no. You know, the weird thing is... Here's a very nice ghost ship story that one day my grandson might talk about in a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, I've traveled thousands of miles to cherish this moment. (laughs) I mean, my grandma's been a travel agent, like, most of her adult life. in Malaysia or Singapore? Yeah. So... It's possible. Maybe I should ask her, hey... Uh, what you ever years? heard of the SS Ring, Madan? You ever heard of the <laughs> legend of uh, the story? The story of the SS Moran, the wise. So wise. So wise. It couldn't even stop itself from dying. <laughs> Is right, it so. possible to learn this story? <laughs> Not from a New York newspaper. <laughs> So this this uh, so I'll I'll keep this one this one short because it's uh it's actually not that long of a story. Great. So it, it, it fits. <laughs> it happen- Yeah, it fits. So it uh, uh, first appeared in Dutch Indonesian newspaper in 1948. So according to the story, two American vessels sailing the Straits of Malacca, which is basically between Malaysia and Singapore. They picked up a distress call from a nearby Dutch merchant ship. Um. Man, the Dutch have really been having uh, bad times when it comes to maritime. Uh, you think? <laughs> they were doing a lot of trade, but, you know, <laughs> a lot of ghost ships. So the ship was called the Orang Medan. The uh, distress signal was Morse code for SOS from Orang Medan. We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on bridge. Probably whole crew dead. So then they received a couple of few incoherent messages in Morse code, and then they got the final message, which just said, I die. And that was the last one they received. So the crew from one of the American ships, the Silver Star, found the Orang Medan afloat, and upon boarding her, they found that the ship was littered with corpses, um, including the carcass of one dog, uh, with all of the bodies on their backs, with their faces pointed up towards the sky. Uh, their mouths and eyes were wide open in a contorted fashion, and there were no survivors or evidence of visible signs of injuries on any of the deceased. As the uh, Silver Star was preparing to tow the ship, uh, a fire broke out on the Orang Medan, which forced them to return to their vessel without any further investigation, and then the Orang Medan exploded shortly after and sank (laughs) so there are a couple of theories uh the first of which uh, a common theory i do have a theory about this (laughs) the uh, ship was a smuggling ship and they were smuggling chemical substances such as potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin and the argument being that in this case um if water had been getting on board the Orang Medan, that could have reacted with the chemical compounds that killed the, the crew, such as forming toxic gas in the case of the potassium cyanide um, and it, the explosion in the case of stuff like nitroglycerin, which would kind of make sense if they were transporting stuff like dynamite. 
Um, and then another possible explanation is, is that something called ca uh, ca caused uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, which killed the crew. And and yeah, but there are some disputes on the accuracy of the story um, because they can't find any records for the Oregmadan in the Netherlands, and the Silver Star is a real ship. However, their logs don't mention the rescue attempt. But I don't know. I, it's plausible that they didn't didn't log that because if they came back to port and they were telling the story right um they would be deemed they, as they obviously obviously it was the the people who the same people who were aboard the ship and maybe just at the time they were just like what the fuck well yeah is if, happening if you, oh i'm like of course when i'm you're telling me the story i'm having a mental like image of like me if i was actually there but thinking about it like if you get this morse code and it's just a crazy, you know, message. Some of it, you know, just literally crazy. And then the last message you receive is, I die. You actually find this ship and you board it and everybody is fucking dead. But not only that, they're dead laying on their backs with their mouths and eyes wide open. And then as you are trying to make sense of this, the ship bursts in the flames and then explodes. <laughs> yeah. And you're just there on your ship rolling over everything that just transpired, thinking, what in the flying fuck? Because, one, hey, if you make a, a formal report – Who's going to fucking believe it? Because if you make a formal report, then that may be further just investigations. And what are you going to do about it? Like, like, I mean, hey, maybe they just they didn't report it because it would have been too much work. I've seen stuff like that happen before. It's or they unlikely. were just the, the, or I it mean, was just it was, it was just that a fucking long, like terrifying quiet sail ride back to port where you're just like, what? What? the f fuck or they just talking like you know i mean they just have a couple of drinks on the bridge mm -hmm. just like i know man like you see the dog <sighs> that dog was to the like dog <laughs> to the dog <laughs> to ruffles stilt skin <laughs> <laughs> what a rough life oh dave <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't know the names of anyone on the ship and it's like, hey, look at this one. Hey, he looks did you like guys see Winifred back there? Winifred? You really think that one looks like a Winifred? Nah, that's at least a Susan. That ain't no fucking Susan. <laughs> it's a Susan because he looks like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just going to say because they look lazy. <laughs> wow. It's a Susan because he's always on her back. <laughs> With her mouth open and eyes wide open. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, so what like they all looked like blow up dolls and then they just burst in the flames what a way to die but why would that be everybody you know like how like you gotta admit like if, if you're gonna die especially from like a poisoning you know some people mm -hmm. would probably be contorted or like in a ball or i mean like i don't know like why would everybody Maybe not be if dead it, in the same way so i'm i'm against the theory of carbon monoxide poisoning Partially because uh, I think none of that makes sense. It, 
Because carbon monoxide poisoning is, isn't something that is very apparent to you, right? It's it's something that right. just slowly you get kind of lightheaded because um, you're you're basically not getting enough oxygen because a little sciency. Um, carbon monoxide binds to hemoglobin in the blood with a higher affinity than oxygen, so basically displaces it. Um, so you basically start to get lightheaded because then like not enough oxygen is reaching to your brain. But it's very, very slow, and it's not like it's it's really like apparent and frightening that would give you a a very scary look on your face. So I'm a little and, but you could also explain the uh, the faces uh, with like a nerve agent, something that causes muscles to contract and yeah. basically be locked into tetanus you could have something like that, that so you think maybe some foul up. play because like <laughs> well, well i don't think someone deliberately put a nerve agent on the ship and if there was a person that did that they would still be on the vessel you think someone just was saw their orangutan is like well i got too much nerve agent on my ship why don't we use some of it on them chips well, over say, there in the distance say just what what if someone through the water hops onto the ship releases the nerve agent and just goes tally ho jumps back into the water <laughs> makes his way to his ship and then they sail off or i mean we could go into the absolutely uh, insane route is what if someone or some thing <laughs> came onto the ship and I knew you're gonna say something or and, and what if someone or something well i mean what if it wasn't human what if it wasn't an animal or a beast or <laughs> something more supernatural who knows but say something did come on the ship and a that's beast. why that person i mean sure you would flip the fuck out if people started dropping dead around you and you, you know all you knew was morse code you're just going to be beeping the shit out of that thing but what's like a scooby doo right but what if like some episode or something something was coming around and injecting people or whatever and then causing <laughs> that them that to, to die hops onto the ship <laughs> hey how's it going nice day <laughs> <laughs> or like a blow dart, like shit. I used half a syringe on that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, to be a more what stealthy. if it was more like a you know shadow you know type? You know what? Fuck this dog. I'm gonna take this dog out. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what if a giant fog did it, and like they just saw people drop dead outside. <laughs> Yeah, Captain, it's getting kind of foggy out here. Maybe we should break out the poison. <laughs> well, like the smoke monster from yeah. Lost? But that's kind of what I meant by something. That was exactly what how came is, to mind, actually. How is, the, how is that more plausible than like a... Or, I don't um, know, Chupacabra like, came on deck and like bit people. And they go, <laughs> In Malaysia? <laughs> or whatever their equivalent is. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Chupacabra killed the crew of the SS Rang Madan, but then started swimming across the, Malaysian, the Pacific Ocean. The Malaysian Chupacabra. <laughs> Oh yeah, or their the equivalent. <laughs> oh, their equivalent. It could have. Well, hey, if it's this one's unsubstantiated, so you could make all the uh, substantiations. <laughs> you can make up as much shit as you want. I mean, because who knows? What if it was a smoke monster? What if it was a <laughs> uh, an imp type thing? Or if 
it was um like a group of like like kind of like ninjas like type <laughs> shadow people that came up and just like aren't, threw little aren't darts ninjas clans from japan i'm saying ninja like i don't know what they have in malaysia or if there's God. some stealthy motherfuckers over there i'm sure there is i don't know My what God, their names you. are we got I'm too ninjas lazy to look on it up board. On the <laughs> ninjas. Damn. Damn. <laughs> it's like, actually, common misconception. Ninjas are a specific trait from uh, feudal warriors from Japan, and we are in the Strait of Malacca, between Singapore and Malaysia. Fine. They look <laughs> like ninjas, even though they're not. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Ninjas lack creatures. <laughs> But let's say that was, and so that's why, like, they were, like, doing that. And so, like, in their last beeps for Morse code, they see someone come through the shadows, and, like, they see the person, and then they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And they put I die as they get hit with whatever dart or knife or dagger Morse or code takes a while to type stuff out. Or they see them. like a ghost, just like, oh, shit. Well, if you just put I die, that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how many Four letters. Yeah, so four letters. So, so four, that's like 12, 12 beeps. Yeah, so if you um, see diff- someone walking down the hallway, you can just be like, oh, my God. If someone like, Morse code their screen. We got a new uh, message from uh, the orangutan. It just says, I die, and then uh, what looks like screaming. It's like the app. The guy's dead, but the apparition is doing the, the Morse code. Just like. <laughs> We're getting something else. Moo ha ha. Actually, it would be pronounced. You have to get the laugh going. But it's Morse code. Ha. It's like ha. Evil ha. Gandalf boarded the ship. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Gandalf the Black. <laughs> well, yo, why does it gotta be evil if it's black? Because <laughs> he wears, he's named for what he's wearing. He's Gandalf the Gray and then Gandalf the White. Why not? But if he was evil, he would not be wearing white. He'd be wearing black. Why can't it be dark Especially like Star Wars? Ninja. <laughs> Gandalf the Dark? <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. You know what? I take it back. I ain't gonna say anything. I just I'm gonna take it all back. Get enough the dog. Oh I'm sorry. Alright, well I think we solved the mystery of the SS Rang Medan. They were killed by Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got lost on their way to the Undying Lands and ended up in <laughs> In the dying. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's really bad. How is how is that bad? It's just bad, man. It's just bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we got through four in an hour and seven minutes. Yeah. You think we have time for another one? One more? Yeah. For the road? Hey, if this I one. still have ale, which ironically, I, if I still have ale, the, the episode still continues. This is really kind of weird because, especially since we're doing one about ghost ships and a lot of death, it really does look like you're drinking blood. 
Well, I wouldn't know, Seth, because I have mine in a bottle. But I do. I have mine in a stone and not in a bottle. <laughs> okay, uh, shaking his uh, booze up and down. I'm just making gifts, man. I mean, who knows if anyone's ever going to see this. Sorry, guys, but you're missing out on a lot of good oh, shit. Oh, fine. Uh, if you, <laughs> we'll post the gifts. <laughs> the gifts from today's episode could be found at Although, unless you're uh, being Google and you're getting rid of the www.google.zwar on the World Wide Web, or www. Is there, some, is there something going on that, <laughs> that I don't know about? About With Google and the World Wide Web? Look it up. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you for giving me homework. <laughs> now, on to the next one. This is uh, the uh, Eliza Battle. It was a steamship. Eliza movie. Battle. Eliza Battle. That's who, That was the name of the, the vessel? That was the, the name. Uh, it was the name of the vessel. <laughs> it was the name of the vessel. <laughs> it was a beautiful vessel. It's just a sweet warship now. <laughs> from. Where was it from? Alabama. From Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> 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 It was a sexy vessel from... Where was it from again? <laughs> Alabama. How do you do, oh, I? All right, so it was from... Uh, <laughs> this is, So this happened in Pennington, Alabama, which makes me laugh because Tim Curry also played Pennywise. Uh, and <laughs> it was sunk on God, March that, 5th, uh, 1858. The 5th? March fist. <laughs> March fist. <laughs> so it was captained by S. Graham Stone. Uh, Sir, Captain S. Graham Stone. Uh, S. Graham Stone. <laughs> and piloted by Daniel Epps. He was also not Sir, but I'm going to say Sir for every one of the captains. Because bucket. Two tears in a at bucket. About, <laughs> at about 2 a.m. Uh, on the early morning of March 1st, 1858, the cotton bales, uh, bale being an old cotton tiny. Bale. <laughs> <laughs> being an old-timey word for bundle, like bales of hay, um, on board were discovered to be on fire. I don't. <laughs> I was like, ah, it's a nice stroll. Hey, it's quite nice out tonight. Hey, what's oh. that on the deck? Hey, he's setting our prop on fire. Hey, what a lovely walk on the ship now. <laughs> Do you smell something? <laughs> oh, good lord! The cotton bales are burning again. <laughs> Put them out now. Hey, someone get the water and put them out. <laughs> so they just discovered them to be on fire. Um, they, they it, it basically, it was on fire, and then once one of the bales was on fire. They all got on fire. Bales, it was a terrible thing. Which they attributed to strong, strong winds. It just, and then after the fire spread out of control, the uh, boat continued downstream out of control. Because oh, naturally... Lord. If everything's on fire, you tend to overreact if you're driving the ship. Well, you would be like, <laughs> holy shit! Oh! <laughs> Something kind of like that, so, right? They, the crew was actually cut off uh, from the lifeboats by the flames because they, were <laughs> on the oh. other, they couldn't get to them. We were shit out of luck, we were. Yeah. <laughs> many of the passengers were dressed only in their night clothes. Uh, and they were forced to seek refuge in the icy river, so they just jumped overboard. Um, some survived by floating on 
the cotton bales that weren't on fire. Um, the uh, Eliza battle finally came to rest above what's called Kemp's Landing. Uh, the survivors were rescued by the Magnolia and local residents, with some passengers having uh, to be retrieved from treetops uh, tree among the flooded river. So they had mm-hmm. to basically climb up into the trees. Uh, all of the casualties were attributed to drowning or exposure to the extreme cold during night. The ship sank below the waters of the Tom Bigby following the disaster, which is the name of the river, uh, with the whole of the wreck remaining on the river bottom to this present day. Wow, really? Under 28 feet. Yeah. Um, it's actually by a freeway in Alabama, if you ever want to just go off the freeway and look for the ship. Mm-hmm. So uh, an author named Catherine Tucker Winman had a book called 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Names <laughs> thirteen Alabama ghosts and Jeffrey. It's not an Alabama ghost. <laughs> um, the disaster supposedly uh, spun the legend of the Eliza Battle surviving as a ghost ship on the Tom Bigby River. Tom Bigby. Tom Bigby. <laughs> uh, supposedly on cold and windy winter nights, you can see the ship as a ghastly apparition, still engulfed in flames on the river near the location of the disaster. Uh, many people who are rivermen who go up and down the river all the time in Alabama have reported to see the ship, which is supposed to be like the Dutchman and omen of death. Damn. Yeah. Tragic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to our grave now. <laughs> so that is the Eliza battle. Eliza battle. <laughs> She was quite a rattle <laughs> until she you know, sattle on the bottom of that river. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of want to know how much cotton bales that they had that burned. Can you imagine if it was just like you're, you're like your your whole establishment is basically going downhill mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, we need to sell some product else. Uh, we're going to be evicted. Uh, I'll tell you what. You take everything we've got and and you go up river, up the Tom Big Bay. And you go sell some, some, some shit in the north, and then all of a sudden you get a message. It's like, yeah, you know that captain that you uh, had drive the boat. Yeah, he ran her aground, and the entire thing caught fire, and you lost all your product. (laughs) (laughs) It's like son of a bitch. Well, where is it laid, Bell? I mean, you can't feel too bad for them. This was 1858, and so likely all of that cotton was obtained through plantations and slavery. Yeah. yeah. If not all of it. <laughs> all of it. At that time, all of it. Think of the area. <laughs> yeah, you have like 23 slaves and one guy you pay minimum wage. <laughs> I don't hey, even think hey. that shit happened. If they had slavery, <laughs> they're like, we them. don't need to pay anybody. We'll just buy one slave, and then there you go. These people were animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, the one guy. No, not like the, a, the the slaves. The people increasing who the wages. Were animals. Hey, this job just doesn't have benefits. <laughs> <laughs> of course, to the they would be like benefits, benefits. The benefit is I'm keeping you fed and alive, so you can be my whooping boy. <laughs> Everyone's like Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, what's your uh, ethnicity, Mister? Uh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> wouldn't you like to know? 
Even Jessica said he looked Asian, but <laughs> I honestly, his, his, it's weird because his young. So if anyone's listening, he was murdered. Look up he was a murdered photo and, of Colonel and Sanders, and like young versus old. A young, yeah, young versus just like an old photo. He looks so different. Or classic Sanders. <laughs> no, this that's the, the Colonel, man. not Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the man before fried chicken, and here's him <laughs> after. <laughs> The many faces of fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the many faces of Sanders. <laughs> KFC sounds delicious. No. Well, it's about one sixteen into the set. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> now, before we end this, I did want to ask about one mm-hmm. final ghost ship. KFC up the block. Because there was. They still have the potatoes and popcorn chicken. I'm sorry, did you say something? <laughs> Stop Go ordering on. your KFC. Good um, <laughs> delivered. Because there was one recent addition to the ghost ship lore lineup. Did you happen to speak about that one or no? No, I did not. I the ones I spoke about was the Dutchman, mm-hmm. the SS Valencia, the Mary Celeste, the uh, SS Orang Madan, and then the last one was the Eliza Battle. Right. What can you tell us about the most recent one that was found? Just the ship that was just found empty. Oh. Oh, oh the so uh, supposedly this is like a a common occurrence. There's been a lot of ships that have been turning up just with no crew. Mhm. No crew, no communication. Like is there it the, I would assume there's like a black box type thing like they use for for planes, especially for you know cargo and you know freight type ships actually i'm not 100 percent sure what type of ship this was if it was cargo or if it had a freighter it was a freighter so Mm -hmm. it was more specialized for sure so so in this the one that was so there was oh skeletons found on ghost ship in japan uh the one that was uh basically recently found the the crew actually abandoned the ship during bad weather, which okay. seems to be a, a common kind of thing. And so the ship was just out there. So if it doesn't actually sink, then eventually it just keeps drifting and it turns up somewhere and someone finds it. And so that's usually what happens. Is uh, okay. So that's what happened to the the uh, the recent one in Myanmar. So this one, skeletons found in a ghost ship off Japan. So sorry, um, one more. <laughs> <laughs> so this one uh, says uh, the Japanese authorities are trying to identify eight people whose badly decomposed remains were found on a wooden boat that washed up on a beach. Um, the discovery took place in the northern Akita uh, prefecture. Comes day after days after a group of men claiming to be North Korean fishermen washed ashore in the same area. Crewless boats or vessels with bodies on board, known as ghost ships, and thought to be North Korean fishing boats, regularly wash up in Japan. They have usually been found along the western coast, which faces North Korea. In the latest incident, Japanese broadcaster NHK said the boat, measuring about seven meters long, so it was a small ship. 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 <laughs> was found on a beach near Oga City on Sunday. The vessel was missing a rotor blade and the navigational devices. On Monday, officials found the remains of eight people, uh, some reduced to bones, while inspecting the boat. 
Kyoto News Agency reported that the Coast Guard suspected the boat and its occupants had come from North Korea. Which apparently it's a it's a common common occurrence. You just get lost. Probably the ones that were reduced to bones were eaten by the remaining occupants. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> You're like, you really want cannibalism to be <laughs> a part of this uh, this episode. And well, that's, that's all the time we have. <laughs> Mikey <laughs> just finished his uh, his point. <laughs> yes, but is the pipe still hot? Oh, no. I actually finished that thing. <laughs> oh, well, then, folks, we are out of time. <laughs> it has been over a pipe and a pint, and it has been an absolute pleasure to uh, share our sad. conversation. Well, it's been a pipe and an a pint. For, it hasn't so been a multiple. Been, this has been actually a pipe and a pint. <laughs> a pipe and a point. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I bid thee adieu. For more frothy or smoky goodness, head on over to etherealgym.com to discuss your favorite episodes or make suggestions for future ones. Over a Pipe and a Pint is recorded live on a weekly basis in sunny Southern California. Until next time, this is Robo Brit, signing off. Tally ho.